You're listening to the Unlimited Influence Podcast, episode 75, and I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I hope you are having a fantastic week so far. I most certainly am. I have been going through applications for our Black Diamond Inner Circle, our special inner circle for thought leaders who don't want to be the world's best kept secret anymore. They're thought leaders and experts who are ready to step into the spotlight, who are ready to stand out from the crowd and really position themselves as the authority, as the trusted authority in their field. They're ready to build their profile. They want to get more exposure so that they can really make more income, have more freedom and You know, for everyone that I work with, it's actually about having more impact. It's about creating a movement. So if that's you, I invite you to apply. It's a no obligation application process. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash black diamond. And yeah, reach out and apply The people that are in this program are amazing. You know, you've probably heard the saying you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And if you want to be around some amazing people, then I really do invite you to apply for the Black Diamond program. I'd love to have you join us here in Sydney in March. But let's get into the show. Today on the show, we have Andrew Eggleton from The Heart of Presenting, and he's going to be having a very raw and open chat with me about how to be a better speaker, how to speak from the heart, how to present from the heart. And it's a it's a great conversation. Andrew gives heaps of tips. So uh, I invite you to stay tuned and here's Andrew. Hey everyone, Samantha Riley here and I'm super excited to be welcoming today's featured guest, Andrew Eggleton. Andrew helps others become congruent with their authentic, unique gift on stage and in front of a camera to feel what it's like when using their gift and how to clearly articulate it to others. Calling on 24 years of experience in front and behind the camera, Andrew now coaches internationally all round speaking on stage and teaching those who wish to take themselves and their personal message to the world and leave their own legacy. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Nice to be here, Samantha. Thank you very much. <laughs> that sounded oh so we're going to business, but you're so not about business. <laughs> I love the way you just put everyone off the scent right from the very first thing you said. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. False, awesome. Leave a false trail. Well, I love big- it. I love it. All right. We're going to talk about your, your own unique methodologies of how you, you help people to present and how to help them be better speakers and to connect with their audience. But before we get started, I'd love you to give us a very brief intro of who you are and what makes you tick. Oh, God. Um, it's interesting. That's a hard question when people go, who are you? Because from often... If someone asks you to sum yourself up, it's very really difficult. It's a challenging thing, isn't it? One, we're constantly evolving and changing, but it's easier for someone on the outside to tell you what you're like. Totally agree. I totally agree because there's many facets of who we are and we can be authentic and still show different facets of ourselves to different people. Yeah. 
I guess what I guess what I try to do when I'm presenting is not change who I am now to who I am on camera or on stage. I guess that is the, the bottom line of my methodology. Just a little bit of background. I grew up in a in a school of only eight people. My dad was a headmaster. I was out in the country, and I think not having anyone to hang out with and being on my own most of the time helped me develop an amazing sense of imagination. And my imagination now is really my cut through in everything that I do. So when I, when I write posts, when I'm on a workshop, when I'm on stage, I enjoy playing. And I think the bottom line of everything that I do is I, I really get in a play. Every time I get a gig or I'm doing something, my first intention more than anything else is to make sure I remember to play. Mm-hmm. And with that comes that childlike curiosity and enjoyment and slightly goofy. Um, and if you can layer all the, the coaching stuff, all the good stuff on top of that, it's quite an infectious energy. Mm, I agree. And I like that more people are embracing fun in business and they're starting to embrace, I think, this, this new era of us really embracing our personal brand is is allowing people to be more themselves, not the not the businessman of the 50s with his Rolex watch and his suit that has to be an act a certain uh, way. I love that we can get to know people for who they truly are and and it, it helps you to, um, I guess, connect and align with the people that are just as goofy and wacky and fun as you. Well, this is, this is the thing and I, I, I kind of feel like who wants to work with Debbie Downer? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And And – if there's four coaches, five coaches all lined up and they do exactly the same thing, I'm going to choose personally the one that makes my life more enjoyable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one that I, you know, that 10 a.m. coaches meeting, I'm like, I'm looking forward to working with Sam because Sam's fun and it makes, it brightens up my day. And as a producer, that is what made me successful actually is when the corporates were choosing someone to produce their video or their channel. I was chosen because I was fun to be with. I made those two, three, or, or, or five days a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I was aware that that's what I was doing too. Mm. But, but I also delivered the goods. Yeah. But when, when people know that they're coming into that environment where it's fun, that also lets them to let the wall down, to be who they are. So it's not just about the fun. It's about allowing them to – to let down that wall of pretending to be someone else, which means that they're also producing better work. They're, they're pushing out there. Uh, that, that playful curiosity allows people to push out of their comfort zone mm. and try things because you there's no, it's very hard to judge someone for having fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's a lot harder. If you're, if you're self-conscious or in your head, it's hard to push out of that comfort zone. Mm. But if it's just playing, you know, it, it, there's, that curiosity takes you a lot further. Mm, mm. So, Andrew, 24 years of experience in television. That's a long time and I'm sure there's a million and one stories. But I'd love you to share with us, how did you get into that originally? (laughs) It's actually quite basic. My ex-girlfriend, when I was 20, suggested I get into modeling. And, of course, as a young, every young 20-year-old, you're kind of going, well, nah, that sounds really silly. Or um, I, as a human being, you go, oh, no, no, I'm not good enough for that. And I'm too short. My thing was like, I'm. And then I got into it and, real, and got a few jobs and realized, it's like, holy cow, I don't have to do anything. I just have to turn up face and keep 
moving my face and my angle and people take photographs and then I get this really nice check in my uh, bank account. Mm. And then I, um, that's kind of where I started. Then I got a, um, I, I turned up to this German beer commercial. I wasn't invited. I didn't have, I, I didn't have an audition and my agent couldn't get me one. And I'm like, if anyone looks German in this city, it's me. Blue yeah, eyes, blonde hair. I, I'm, I'm German. Yeah. And so I turned up to this audition, and I think the fee was about um, three and a half or four and a half thousand dollars, which was a lot in 1994. Mm-hmm. So I turned up to this audition. Obviously, everyone had gone in and out, and then the lady comes out, casting director, and goes, Andrew, why are you here? I don't have your name. And of course, I'm like, well, my, it must be a mistake. So I come in, I get the commercial, I get the three and a half thousand dollars, and then I was sold. I'm like, okay, now I just need to get better at what I'm doing. But what's super interesting is that around this time of 24, 25, before I was even a presenter, before I even got my first gig, or even perhaps even before I knew that presenting was my passion, is I had this feeling in my gut that I wanted to change the way people communicated and presented. What's highly relevant here is in my mid-30s when I was producing and presenting full-time, is it was the same feeling, except now I was wanting to give the audience more. I always felt like I was ripping them off. It was they're judging me, but I'm not able to give them a hundred percent. I felt frustrated that I didn't know how to give them a hundred percent. And then now in my forties, only really in the last year, only really the last year, what that little gut feeling in my twenties that desire from frustration and I wanting to give my audience more in my 30s is exactly what I teach now. I've discovered what it is that I want people to feel both on stage and in front of the camera but also as an audience and how to be all of you on stage. Mm. So I'm finally figuring out how to give people 100% of who I am. And I didn't come to that realization until I was working with you on the business playroom and I was speaking to, to Mark and the penny just dropped and went, oh, my God, this has been happening to me for 20-something years. I've had this same dream for 20-something years. I've just never put two and two together. Oh, I love those moments where things just drop into place and you're like, hang on a minute, I'm 40-something years old. Why have I not figured this out before? Mm. But – it's everything that we've had in our life, all of our experiences, all the people that we meet, the conversations that we've had, the jobs that we've done. It all is there for a reason. And I think, you know, as you, as you're traveling through, we never have it. We never have the answer. So even though that dropped in for you and things drop in for me every week, it's funny. You think, Oh, I finally got it. I've got clarity on that thing. And then three mm. months down the track, you're like, I so didn't have it then. It's just dropped in, you know, because yeah. we're as entrepreneurs, especially we're we're growing and evolving all the time. Mm, constant expansion, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So, what brought you to this to the training space, to the space of pulling all of this together, leaving television, coming in and and teaching presenting skills? It's really interesting. I think you and I have spoken about this before. I got to a point where uh, I think I was 36, 37, around, around that age, and I, wore, I had the person I was going to marry. I had the house. I, had, I was on three separate TV shows. I was 
People knew who I was in New Zealand. Um, that still counts. And <laughs> I was miserable. Mm. And I kind of was like, well, this is everything that I've asked for. I've literally got everything that I've asked for. I'm now this famous guy in New Zealand. I, I've got everything. And I'm the unhappiest I've ever been. Mm. So how does that work? Mm. So this when I, I actually moved to Bali for a little bit, sat in the gray area, and allowed myself – I had just allowed myself that time. And I understand not everyone has that luxury. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's not until there's a moment in your life that sometimes when you're, your knees on the ground and you're just kind of looking up, even if you don't believe in God or anything else, it's kind of like you still look up and go, whatever I'm meant to be learning, I've got it. I'm done. I'm mm. finished. Let's start. Mm. And there was just this point I went, stop. I realized that it wasn't that I wasn't, I, I didn't feel like I was not good enough. I actually was afraid of how much change would happen when I realized how amazing I could be. Mm. It was, yeah, cha- uh, creating change creates chaos. It's like you almost need that chaos before you can even create the change, though. Yes, yeah, yeah. I knew I was already a good coach because when I was presenting myself and working, my agent would always send me talent before they got ready for an audition. Mm-hmm. And and talent agencies would hire me to come in and, and, and train their uh, talents as well. But it wasn't until I started working with business people that I realized that I could get immediate results Whereas with the talent, they had to wait for an audition. That could be three to six months, two even sometimes a year. Mm-hmm. Whereas as a business person, they can walk out immediately and apply what I've taught them. Mm-hmm. And that was so much more rewarding. Mm, awesome. So the heart of presenting is your methodology. And that's, that's the vehicle that you use to, to get your message across to the people that you work with. I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that methodology. The heart of presenting is, I, I guess the bottom line of that is I'm dropping people from their head into their heart. Effectively, I'm helping people unlearn. I'm, remove, I'm, I'm, I'm taking off the layers that they put on to protect themselves. So I'm getting them out of their head into their heart and letting their heart guide them when they're on stage. So it's an unlearning mm-hmm not a learning mm. in many ways. And what I figured out for myself was there was three primary elements of a complete presenter, and that was the brain, which is the technical. That is, who is your audience? What's the framework you're going to work in with today? So your clarity, the key messages, your storytelling. Then I have the, the heart. The heart is being authentic and raw being vulnerable. This is not to say get up and tell us about all your bad childhood memories or your or all the bad things. I don't judge your sense of self-worth by how much pain you've been through. Mm. This is just coming from a place of vulnerability. That's all it is. It's, it's removing the masks. You can still appear incredibly confident on stage, but you're still vulnerable if you're still being you. Mm. You're just allowing your audience in, and this creates a connection. Mm, mm. of an audience. It doesn't matter if you've got four people or 4,000 people. If you can connect and allow your audience in, they they will sit on your every word. Mm-hmm. So that heart is love and voice and vulnerability. I also think when you speak from the heart, your voice is colored from that too. 
I mean, technically, voice voice could go into brain, which is technical as well. But I truly believe when you're speaking from the heart, your voice will follow. Mm. And the last part of it is an intuition. So you've got brain, heart, intuition. These are your three primary elements. Intuition being trust what you're feeling. Like on Sunday when I was speaking, there was this little sec- split second where I went, you're about to lose your audience. Mm. Change, change. And I just adjusted enough, and then I felt the energy come right back up again. Mm. Now, that's me trusting what I felt mm-hmm. in that moment, working moment to moment with my audience to develop that connection. And when you're in that space, there is such a sense of amazing power, not ego power, but a power of who you really are that once you've felt that, you'll never be able to go back to your old style of presenting again. Mm-hmm. And that power, is that a power of being able to transition people, to shift people's thinking, to shift people's feeling? Shift hearts and minds, yep. Mm, yep. That. You watch a good movie, like if, for example, if you watch a really good movie and it shifts you, there's a, there's a new movie called The Shape of Water mm-hmm. and there was one called Moonlight last year. They're movies that shifted me. Now, I can, I remember how I felt after watching Moonlight, which was like about 14 months ago. Mm-hmm. And people may not remember anything that you said on stage, mm-hmm. but if they remember how Sam, how Sam made them feel or Andrew made them feel, that, that is your gold. Mm. You know, they'll rem- they associate with the, you with those feelings for years to come. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the power. I love yeah. that. I want to go back to storytelling because that's a that's a hot topic and a hot topic for a reason because we connect through story. And I love story. And my business partner David is also a speaker presenter and talks about story. And I know that you and I have spoken about this, and all three of us agree that there's a lot of people that are sharing their stories for the sake of sharing a story with mm. no actual outcome. The story of I'm, for one, very sick of seeing the story of I was in a car and I had no money and I couldn't pay my bills and I was on drugs and that's why I'm an entrepreneur and you can do it too. Mm. Like, mm. just give, give us a real story. Yes. Um, what tips can you give us on how to understand or how to even discover the stories that we should be sharing to help transform people, to help that shape? shape nice. Nice. I mean, the, the reason that we're coaches is that we have value and tools that we want to pass on to people that speed up their process. Mm. You know, so as I I just used this quote before, which is mine. Um, <laughs> I don't judge my sense of value on stage by how much pain I've been through. You know, I don't need to tell people my sob stories. And if I, if I drew, choose to use a specific story that is about something that pushed me, through a space or, you know, that I was down on my knee, I will shorten it. I don't want to spend any of my valuable time on stage speaking about a sad story that I could be giving people's tools and value instead because that's why they're here to see me. The, an exercise that I teach or that I, that I do frequently is I have a whole lot of post-it notes mm-hmm. and on each of those post-it notes, post-it notes, I write down a point in my life or something that happened to me or something that I did that has created who I am now and what I do. Mm-hmm. 
This is how I start creating stories. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at that on your wall, these post-it notes, you could have up to a hundred stories. Mm-hmm. They're relevant stories that you can pull out of thin air. One, it gives you confidence, mm-hmm. but two, you pull out these stories to help give examples to back up your information or when you've thought about the technical stuff of your audience, you can literally just go, do you know what? For this audience, I'm going to choose that story and that story today. And that's going to lead up into what I'm going to talk about today. So, for example, on the talk I've just done, I went in and told them, I, I spoke about failing and failing fast and failing is success. Mm-hmm. And I, I use the example of how I got my first presenting job from hustling, hustling, hustling this music um, producer. And he gave me a break. And I went into the recording studio live on air with a co-presenter and I completely came off the tracks because I thought that everything I said had to be really funny, poignant, or a game changer. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure to put on someone who has no idea what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I failed. I made my co-presenter cry. She left. Not a great place to start. No. She left the studio, left me, no idea what I was doing, anchoring a music show. Wow. And it was a disaster. Now, I tell people all my, some of these little disaster stories because my, the perception is that, oh, you've got the, yeah, Andrew, it's okay for you because you're a really good presenter. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't. I was mm. absolutely shite. I was just so focused and determined that I made it happen. I knew in my gut I could be awesome. I knew in my gut. And I had to trust that. And I had to go through 150 to 2,000, no, 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 you're awful, you're awful. Oh, he's getting better. We might give him a break now. You know what I mean? So mm. I, these are the stories that I'll pull out to make my examples more relevant. Mm. So from what I'm hearing you saying, you need to come up with the outcomes that you're trying to get the audience to understand and fit your stories into the outcomes that you want them to get, not yes. decide – I'm going to tell that story because I feel like it. Or I yeah, if it yes. And also you're not listening. If you're working moment to moment with your audience, you're not listening if, if, you're, pre, if you're predetermined what story you're going to use and how it's going to go and, and how you're shaping it. Your audience might not be interested and you, you might discover one minute into your talk that these guys aren't interested in what I'm going to say. Like they're not interested. I can feel them all dropping out. Mm. You have to have the ability to have numerous stories that are relevant to that audience. Mm, mm, love it. So this for people that are just starting out in speaking. What about for speakers that already understand that, they already understand how to, to tell the right stories, they understand how to explain their methodologies. What is a tip that you can give us? I'm pretty sure that any good speaker's got the brain, the technical part down pat. I feel yep. from there, even they've usually got the, the heart part pretty, pretty spot on, a good speaker. I'm feeling yeah. that the intuition part is the, is the, that bit that they need to tap in to take their, their speaking to another level. Mm. What's a tip that you can give us about that? Dropping you on the spot there. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. It's a really challenging question because how do you under, how, how do you even explain intuition? Do you know what I mean? It's such an unexplainable thing. And, and, and you know, I, I would have to be really honest and only in the last year, like last year, I really started to understand how intuitive I was. And it is definitely one of my 
absolute strengths is now that I trust that so much when I'm coaching. But the intuition is being able to, to create a flow of energy in a room and you being able to feel it. Mm. And the more that you are authentically yourself in that moment, the more the energy will keep flowing. You can't have a block in that room. The more that the energy is going through the audience and they're sending that back to you, you get this movement, which creates this amazing connection. If you're predetermined or have that mask on, it is literally acting as a block. The, the audience energy comes to you, stops, and it also is not really coming out of you at all. They're kind of watching a performance, mm. if you will. But something that I do for, you know, for – I'm, I'm going to use myself as an example. I think I, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I'm confident on stage. I know what I'm doing. But each time I challenge myself to play outside my comfort zone, mm-hmm. and if that means failing on stage a little bit, I'm, o- I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And something that I do beforehand is I, I really work on the word expansion. You know, if I have some amazing opportunities coming up later in this year, but the current Andrew is not capable capable of really making the most of those opportunities unless I start expanding into who that person needs to be, mm-hmm. you know, by by that time. And I, I kind of what I one of the things I did on Sunday was I started thinking about my positioning. Like how do I stand? How do I embody what it is that I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I'm not just spouting words, I'm now becoming the or the authority on it. I'm now becoming like what I'm saying. I'm believing the way that I'm standing now with my open hands. I'm I'm there's that sense of confidence. But it, all I'm doing is I'm just being myself for six months, mm-hmm. and you're speeding that process up. I don't know if that answers your question, Sam. Sam but it's, it's, it is quite a challenging question. Well, well, it, well, as it was coming out, I was like, "Yeah, good luck with this, Andrew. This is because." <laughs> <laughs> Because as I was saying it, I was like, this, it's not a tangible, right? It's the yeah. tangible that's the easy parts to tick off first. Yes, which, which is why so many people want to go and do that. I, I need to learn how to tell a story. I need to uh, – what, what are the basics? What's the framework? You're looking at the yes. frameworks, yes. you know? But, I mean, a journey with me is I go – I drop people from their head to their heart first, and then I go into self-expression. You know, you, now we start laying, layering their personality over top of that. Like, I want to see if you're goofy, you're quirky, or or all these little things that make you and separate you from anyone else is your cut through. Mm-hmm. And I love that you've touched on that because you know, back in back in oh, 2012, I was petrified of public speaking, and I thought, you know, to be a great coach, I need to be able to to get over this this fear, I need to get out there and learn it because it is part of coaching these days. It's, it's part of building my brand. And mm. the course that I chose in, I mean, everything happens for a reason, but it was not the best choice to, to get to go and take because it was stand exactly like this with your feet here and your hands here and mm. face this way and put your eyes over here. Not the best way for someone that's petrified of public speaking to learn. Yes, yes, yes. Because what it did was actually shut me down totally. I couldn't get into my heart space because I was stuck in my headspace of Mm. being scared that I was going to be wrong. So, you know, there's some there's some people, Sam, who I think that works for. There's some people who are in that certain part of the brain and they just want framework. Mm -hmm. 
You know, some people come to me, clients, and like, I, well, I want to know what happens in the second sentence and what I'm doing, what I'm meant to be doing for the audience in that time, and then where do I go into minute three? I'm like, I'm not your coach. Mm, mm. Uh, I, I'm not that coach. Mm. I teach framework, but I know the stuff like the back of my hand, but teaching it doesn't interest me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I, after dropping people from their head into their heart, um, after – I've talked about self-expression and getting them to, to show who they really are. Then I teach a framework for that to work within. And then lastly, before they become world classes, they need to embody what they're saying. Mm, mm. I love what you said then because, and it's funny, I was just talking about this last week, is you really need to know as a trainer who you are what your genius zone and your talent is and the people that you work with the best so that you can be the best person that you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I'm hearing you say, that you know exactly who you are, the kinds of people that you work with because they're the people that will get the most benefit from working with you. Yeah, I love that there's, a, there's this quote that I quite often use at the moment that I that be the example of which you speak of. That is the easiest way to coach. Mm is be that person that you're, you're coaching other people to, to be in their own way. Mm. But if I'm on stage, the irony is not lost on me that I need to be one authentic, one I need to have uh, be intuitive on stage and I need to be a good presenter. And I also need to come from a place of love because that's what I teach, mm. you know, and that energy. And that dro- that forces me to become better and better and better because mm. everything that I keep adding to what I'm teaching, I actually have to be myself. Mm. It's, it's, I've only just clocked onto this in the last six months and I find that really exciting and it's really pushing me to grow super fast. Love it, love it. I know that when we, when we launched Global Thought Leaders Network, we, uh, David and I used to make each other laugh constantly on the calls. You know, they were private calls, but we would say to each other, is that the way that a global thought leader thinks? Oh, no, we have to do something with that. But it's yeah. great because we were pushing ourselves to, and we actually would call each other on it often. Is that really good mm-hmm. enough or can we take that to the next mm. level, the next level, the next level? Beautiful. Nice. It and is. It's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling, isn't it? It is. It's really cool when you, when you I guess I was going to say when you finally realize that you're getting there, but it's not when you finally realize that you're almost starting at this point. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like holding yourself to your own standard. Yes. It's and the easiest way. I can, I can tell, I can tell a, a room full of people, be X, Y, and Z. But if I'm, not the exa- if I'm the example of that, it speeds their process up, process up so much faster. Yeah, yeah. Because they get to see what that is already like. Yes. So for people that are listening to our conversation and they, and they love what you're talking about and they resonate it and they want to stay connected with you, how do they do that? They can go to my website, which is andrewegleton.com. I do constant tours of not just Australia, but kind of everywhere, really. But I start, I start again. I do Australia every couple of months. I, If they want to practice their presenting, then I have a Facebook group, The Heart of Presenting. And that there's – I don't have rules in there. It's really about – I'm very selective who goes in there. It's really just about going in there and playing. Like there is no judgment mm. and it's, it's a pretty special place to be fair. So I was going to say one thing. Could I talk about indicating? Of course. I'd love you to share. Indicating is, this, this is a, to help people be authentic on stage. Indicating is when you are 
placing a layer upon yourself which is unnecessary because it's your fantasy of which you're trying to show your audience. Now, for example, you know how when the camera goes on, you go on and or you go on stage and you 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 need you're speaking about your new program, so you act excited mm. and it looks false. Mm. All you have to do is go on stage and just be you. Because if you're genuinely excited about your program, you don't need to go up on stage and be excited about it. You just, it's there. It's who you are. If you're a trustworthy person, you don't need to indicate to anyone that you're a trustworthy person because you already are. All these things that, that you, these layers of which you place on top of yourself, one, they make it hard for you to even start because it's a lot of pressure. You have to change your state of being and act. And we're not actors. We're authentic leaders. Mm. So the I had a client yesterday who literally just said, Andrew, I've just clicked what you mean by just be you because it's a very hard thing to explain. Mm-hmm. Just be you means turn up and just be you. If you're an honest, loving, hardworking, uh, excitable person about what it is that you do, that's all you need to do and show up as. Mm. You don't need to place a layer on top of that because that layer becomes the barrier between you and your audience. It also creates that thing that the audience goes, I'm not quite believing this person, but I don't know why. So you know, true. I was quiet then because I was like, oh, my goodness. That's almost something that like what came up for me is, I didn't even realize I was doing it until you were talking about it. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that is so true. Do you know how many years it took me for that penny to drop? My acting teacher was the person that taught me that. And do you know how long it took the penny to drop? I'm guessing quite a few few years. 20. (laughs) Nice, nice. He he used to go, he was American. He's like, stop indicating, cock. Stop indicating. I'm like, what does that mean? How do we mean I'm indicating? And then it just penny dropped. Only just recently, I'm like, oh my God, the layers of which we place upon ourselves that there's, if you watch a really bad actor, they're always indicating, I'm Mm. angry right now. But we do that as entrepreneurs. Yes. You know, glass camera action, right, I'm on. I'm Andrew, the excited person. Man, that's exhausting. I just turn up and I just like, this is me. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to touch on that very quickly. Your acting teacher said to you, stop indicating. And you're like, what even does that mean? And it's funny because just on the weekend, I was having a conversation with my partner and we were actually talking about the change in the Facebook algorithm. And I said, everyone, every man and his dog that's in social media is coming out and saying, just make your posts engaging. And I'm like, they may as well have said that in Japanese because, I I mean, I understand what it means, but for the 20,000 people that they're talking to, they're going, all right, cool, just make the post engaging and keep on doing the same thing because they haven't actually explained what that means. So there's no point. So that's actually, I love that, that you brought that up because there was a conversation that we're just having on the weekend. And I think that, um, even though that's kind of got nothing to do with what we were talking about there, but it's a really, really important point that don't just use a word, explain what you mean. Yep. It's, it's, that's really interesting in itself, Sam. It's only, it's only again just recently that everything now that I'm explaining, I've been able to go, for example, and I didn't used to, I didn't used to do that in my training. Mm. So people would walk away and go, I still don't know what you mean. And then I, now everything just seems to, I think I feel like I've embodied and changed so much that everything now I can give this really nice example. 
mm. which makes it way more effective when, t- when teaching. Mm. Totally, because it's that, it's that story or that metaphor that helps us as the participants or the learners to be able to see ourselves in that situation and understand it for us. Yes, yeah. perfect. Nice. Andrew, it's been such a pleasure to chat with you today. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. It's been fantastic. And I certainly hope that people reach out and stay connected with you. Thanks, Sam. Been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Unlimited Influence Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how we can help you to embrace your unlimited influence, or if you'd like to hear previous episodes of the Unlimited Influence Podcast, head over to samanthariley.global.com.